0: Hello and welcome to The Learning Zone, where today we'll be focusing on the fascinating subject of followership. My name's Tim Swanick and The Learning Zone is a new, regular feature of BMJ Leader in which we'll be exploring key ideas, theories and concepts from the world of leadership in a clear and easily accessible way. Our hope here at The Journal is that these short summaries will be really useful to students of leadership at every level, whoever and wherever they may be. Each edition is accompanied by a brief podcast inviting leaders from across health and care to reflect on the article and how they've seen these ideas played out in their working lives. We'll also be running a regular Learning Zone Twitter chat, so do look out for that. The Twitter handle at BMJ Leader and the hashtag #BMJLeaderChat. I'm joined today by two doctors in postgraduate training, Hester Mannion and Ian Tennant. Um, who I'm sure will be used to flip-flopping between leadership and followership in their daily lives. Perhaps, Sir Hester, you'd like to just introduce yourself.
1: Yes, hello. I am a psychiatry trainee at the South London and the Maudsley NHS Trust.
0: Thank you. And Ian?
2: So I'm a GP trainee working in South East London at GP practice in Kidbrook.
0: Hester and Ian, Welcome. The Learning Zone article we sent you to read and reflect on was uh, entitled Followership Much More Than Simply Following the Leader uh, by Judy McKim and Claire Vogan. uh, One of the the key themes of the paper is that leadership doesn't happen in a vacuum. We've tended to to view leadership as a bit of a one-sided enterprise in the past, um, but as the authors point out, and I quote, followers shape, define, co-create leadership, and uh, leaders need followers more than followers need leaders. It takes two to tango. Um, is this something you've noticed, uh, Ian, in your own working experience?
2: Yes, Tim. I think, I think you make a good point that the classic role of like the leader was to lead and everyone, um, the followers, were subservient. But we're definitely moving towards being part of a team environment and everyone contributing towards the working of that team. It's definitely something that's talked about in medical schools and things but in terms of how it actually plays out in the clinical situation definitely varies from place to place and you know at times you do need someone to step up and be like the leader and at other times definitely a more collaborative approach is better. Hester,
0: followership is it it a thing?
1: It's certainly not a term that would be recognised but in spite of the fact that it doesn't have a name, I think everyone in training and in medical school would understand that leadership within any given team at any given time is a fluid thing. Um, so a good an example, a classic example, would be an arrest call whereby the leader of a team in that moment uh, may step up and step down depending on how the dynamic changes and the way that an arrest call is led very much depends on the engagement of the team who are attending to different components of that and that's quite a good representation of how team dynamics and leadership and followership play out in different scenarios in
0: clinical yeah, environments. yeah i think the authors talk about the dance of leadership they? yeah so when you you're this sort of stepping in and out of, of, of leadership roles um, and as you point out it's something that happens all the time in the clinical context and uh, i guess a, a key skill is knowing when and how to follow and this, this strikes me as being particularly relevant for doctors and training where you're constantly being invited to join in teams which form for a short time and then disperse and you have to really work out quite quickly where you are in that team what's your what's your role whether you're leading a team and if you are following what kind of followership you are you're required to contribute
2: yeah i think that i think that's a that is a good point um as junior doctors we constantly are moving around different rotations so for a four-month block we might be in a medical ward for the next four-month block you might be with a completely different team in a surgical block and you have to work out very quickly where you are in that chain of command if you like there's a definitely a hierarchy and where you fit into that team. You might be on a ward with some very, very experienced nurses who are 100% much more experienced at certain things than you are, but you also got to realise that you've got something to bring to that team as well. Going back to the arrest situations, I'm sure Hester and I will definitely be able to reflect on there's a time where you might be the first person to an arrest call and you initially might be leading it, but then when someone more senior comes in. Usually it's the anaesthetist who we see as the the god of the the medical world Mm -hmm. and everyone steps back and says oh thank goodness the the anaesthetist is here and lets them take over which is sometimes quite nice to hand over that that responsibility.
0: Mm -hmm. And I guess at that point you're then adjusting the way that you might be be following it may be more kind of accepting of of instruction rather than actively contributing there are different positions you could adopt at that moment aren't there
2: definitely your role changes in that environment like you might go from leading it to being the person that does CPR or just a more human role like going to speak to a patient's family or Mm. being supportive to your colleagues in some other way it's not necessarily just a medical thing it's more of yeah. a human side of it as well.
0: Yeah. Hester, I, I, one of the things that struck me, I think, in reading this was the um, the qualities that are brought out for effective followership seem very familiar from my reading of, of various types of leadership. We think now increasingly, I think, particularly in health, about leadership as collaborative, leadership through consensus building, um, building relationships, co-production, the emergence of a vision rather than the imposition of one. So are we talking about the same thing here are we artificially creating this idea of followership do you think is it actually two sides of the same coin is it is it actually just a form of leadership?
1: I think it absolutely is two sides of the same coin and really outstanding leaders have been excellent followers have had these star qualities that referred to in the article. So people who have a good critical awareness of how they follow, people in leadership positions then become informed and insightful leaders who understand these skills and needs of their followers and are not only prepared to take the helm when necessary but to step back when somebody with the right skill set arrives on the scene even if that person in the hierarchical structure is junior to them. So they are particularly well-informed leaders who I would assume have been the kind of followers that are lauded as being the star
0: followers. One of the things... That you just made me think about is a paper i read some time ago called leadership the past is masculine the future is feminine and i wonder whether there's a gender thing at play here
1: i, I certainly think that discussion about gender politics and gender roles in medical leadership has to be absolutely central way beyond the scope of this particular article because we do attribute certain, certain characteristics to gender roles we're still doing that thinking about what we expect from our male and female leaders in an informed way, has to be a very important part about how we change our approach to leadership. And so attributing certain leadership styles as either positive or negative can be very damaging in thinking about the most effective way to train and accommodate and support leaders and followers to become leaders when the time is right.
0: Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to move on now to this theme in the paper about proactivity, the fact that you could choose or select the type of followership you might want to kind of enact depending on the situation you're in. Do you think that's an emotionally intelligent uh, thing to be doing or or is it sort of inauthentically Machiavellian?
1: I think it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to secure power and control for yourself then yes it's a Machiavellian approach to being a follower. If your goal is to further the aims and the goals of the whole team and to improve mm. patient care, then that's just good followership to use the term from yeah. the paper. Some people have a more intuitive approach to those things, have a, a higher level of emotion in- emotional intelligence to begin with and are able to engage with some of these concepts. But I feel that everybody can learn them by being more genuinely reflective about how they interact with team members. Yeah,
0: thanks. And, and, and you know, I'm just going to come to you now. McKim and Vogan uh, give us a list or a blueprint for the good follower. I wondered, uh, what did you think about that? How, how, did, how did you match up? Are, are, you, a, are you a star follower?
2: Um, yeah, I'd like to think I'm an absolutely e- exemplary star follower. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. But I mean... Yeah, like what it says in the Good Follower bl- Blueprint is that star followers are highly engaged, they're independent, they're critical thinkers. And this is definitely something that doctors feel that they are themselves. You know, we feel that we're quite high achieving and we like to be good at things. But I think the good point that brought up was it's the adaptability that you need to be good at. And you need to be able to change given what scenario that you're in Mm -hmm. um, and depending on what team is around you as well. And I think that's definitely what would make a good follower, some adaptability as well.
0: It has to. how do you think we should go about developing that kind of awareness with people?
1: It has to start at medical school. Mm. And the essential problem at the heart of all of this is that medicine as a profession is still highly egocentric and individualistic. Mm. And that continues to be how we celebrate and assess medical students. Right. And that continues to be how we celebrate and assess doctors in their training. And while that is still the case, it is very difficult for both medical students and doctors to turn their attention and energies to genuine star followership activity, genuine collaborative activity. So that has to start at the beginning.
0: So a bit of work to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to ask you both for your final thoughts really or any take home messages that you'd like to raise for people listening.
2: So I'm not 100% sure about the term followership. In my view it's all part of working in a team and yes how you interact with the other members of the team is very important but i'm not sure that you know we need a term followership um i think it could maybe i don't know be structured in a different way um but yeah just essentially the take home is in a way a lot of what we're talking about is common sense and how you interact with other people how you teach common sense to medical students i'm not sure if that's really like the way to go.
0: Positive about the content of the article, not sure about the term. Yeah, Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay, Hester.
1: I think I would echo Ian's thoughts actually, is that I think we have a huge terminology issue in that the words leader, follower and management are hugely reductive in Mm. when we start using them. And while concepts of followership and the aspirations of it are spot on, I think using the word follow still has highly negative connotations in, in our profession and that we could maybe consider abandoning that as a first step.
0: OK, well, I guess we can uh, point listeners to the, uh, to the article and they can, um, they can make their own minds up. Thank you so much, Hester and Ian, for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts on followership. The article we've been talking about is uh, available online now. Just visit the BMJ Leader website, the accompanying Twitter chat with the authors at BMJ Leader. So look out for that. And the Learning Zone continues on a quarterly basis with our next edition appearing in the spring. I'm Tim Swanick. Uh, Thanks for listening.